This podcast is part of the Zeo to Hero Podcast Network. AvenuePodcast.net. Hello, all my beautiful people. It's time once again for another fun episode, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy what I have for you today. I actually have two interviews. Uh, one of them is a shorter interview that I did with Johnny Dynamite. It is kind of him giving his side of everything and uh, responding to what happened um, at the last Wrestling for a Cause show and what Johnny Lightning and Tony Snow had to say when they came on my podcast a few weeks ago. And then we switch over and we talk to Brandon Groom. He is a wrestler out of the Oklahoma area that I'm very excited to have on the show. He was a lot of fun to talk with. We talk about everything from his WWE time to wrestling in Oklahoma and all over the place, you know. And so this is a really good interview that I think you guys are going to enjoy a lot. And for those of you who are here to listen to either the uh, Johnny Dynamite portion or the Brandon Groom portion, welcome. I hope that you enjoy what you hear, and I hope that you stick around and listen to some of the other great episodes I have here as well. So, if you guys are as excited as I am, then let's get this show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast. Hey, Dad. So where did you actually train at? I made a really good career out of being able to bump, sell, and I had a punch-me face. I wasn't about to call you Dad, so... <laughs> Seriously? I felt like it was in an anime or something. People get really mad at those videos for some reason. Like, it triggers really? certain people. Yeah. Wow. I was actually lost as an independent, and I was taken in by a traveling group of independent wrestlers. <laughs> I love it. I'm excited for this one. Bro. You get punched in the face on the daily. Do you always do these interviews with your shirt off? <laughs> what? Man, this guy won't shut up. All right, everybody. So I have a special treat for you guys. As you know, I had uh, Johnny Lightning on the show with Tony Snow to kind of talk about what happened um, at the last uh, Wrestling for a Cause show. And now I have on with me Johnny Dynamite. He is the other half of Toxic Masculinity. He's also known as the Lit Fuse. And uh, we're going to kind of talk to him today about what happened from his point of view. Uh, Johnny, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing good, you know, settling down for the evening, uh, ready to talk to you to kind of get your side of the story on, you know, what happened. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get it out, so. Okay, man. So, yeah, let's just kind of jump right into it. Uh, how did this all go down? What what actually happened here, man? I just want to start us off by saying that Tony Snow is a disease. He weasels his way into everything. And if you don't stop it soon enough, which was my mistake, I should have saw the signs that he was trying to get the lightning and I should have put a stop to it. Yeah. But with everything going on, there's been friction between me and lightning for a while now, mm-hmm. but you have that when you're as close to someone like me and him was, we right. were basically brothers. Well, I, you know, I had seen things over facebook you know some some frustrations that you know you see out there and everything and so i wondered you know what's going on here so you know uh, it, it he didn't hide it when, whenever he was having his frustrations and stuff so uh you know um ha- have you talked to him at all since this happened 
I have not. You have not. I have not made an effort to reach him. Neither has he me. Yeah. I truly feel like the best talking will be done in the ring at the 12th anniversary of WFC. Yeah. Uh, do you have a I, I, so as I was talking to them, the announcement came out that you guys were going to be facing at that match. And it's going to be it's going to be a great match to watch. You know, I know there's a lot of passion behind this match and there's a lot going to be going into this. There's going to be lots of frustration that's going to be fueling this match and everything. But uh, what is your game plan going into this uh, match at the anniversary show? It's it's hard to explain, but I know Johnny Lightning inside and out. I yeah. know what he's thinking before he does it, but the same can be said for him. He knows what I'm thinking. So really my game plan is just to try to go buck wild. Right. And just give him everything I have and see if he can handle it. So is there anything that maybe you would like to say to Johnny Lightning since I do have you on here? Johnny Lightning, you are my brother. And you can still be my brother. But what you need to do is take a look inside yourself, look at the mirror, and think, do you want to spend the rest of your days with Tony Snow, someone who will drop you at the first chance as soon as you're not useful anymore? Or would you rather have a brother who's there for you through thick and thin? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I've seen a lot of people post out there that, you know, they're, they're heartbroken about this because I mean, to be honest, the Johnny's is one of my daughter's favorite tag teams in wrestling. And, you know, so for her and for me and for a lot of people, they were very heartbroken to see, see this happen. You know, um, it's been very difficult. It, it was, it was shocking to see, you know, like you said, you see brothers, they have spats, they have fights, but they always make up in the end. But in this, it felt like a betrayal. I mean, when you really think about it, it was. I had that match in the bag mm-hmm. until Johnny Lightning came out there, made himself known. He got in my head. I believed that he was there for me. Yeah. And he wasn't. Yeah. And as you said, it's hard on everybody. I've had countless people message me asking if we're okay. And it truly breaks my heart to say, no, we're not. We're not in a good spot right now, and it's it's just hard. Right. So there's another person who you've brought up in this who plays a big part in everything that's happened. You know, I've talked with uh, him many times. I've had him on the show, and then he was on the show whenever I talked to Lightning as well, and that's Tony Snow. Um, do you have anything that you would like to say to him? Tony, as I said at the beginning of this, you're a disease. You are nothing good. There is not a single bit of you that anybody enjoys. You want to buy your friends. You wanted to buy Jack and Duke. You bought Dutch. You bought Lightning. But what happens when all that money finally runs out? You'll have no one. Because instead of building these relationships... You try to just buy relationships and there's nothing there for you at the end of this road. There's been both sides of the fence that you see. I've seen some of the comments on some of the pages on Facebook and I've seen uh, you have to even defend your own self in a few posts as well. 
So what, do you have anything? I know I've got you saying things to lots of different people here, but what would you say to the doubters out there that don't think that you have what it takes to get the job done at the 12th anniversary show? I would say come to the show, October 21st, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Come to the show, see for yourself. Because I plan on proving every last one of those doubters wrong. And at the end of the night, if Johnny Lightning's hand is raised, you know what? He was the better man. But I promise you this right now. He's going to have to give me everything he has. And so will Tony Snow. So I don't plan on quitting. I don't plan on stopping. So to all the doubters, all that saying I wasn't there for him. You don't know the full story. I've been there for Lightning since the very beginning. I was there during his first ever match. Mm-hmm. I've trained with this man. I've rode in the car for hours and hours. So to say that I didn't have his back, that I didn't care for him, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. I care more for Lightning than most people do. And I always will. He'll always be my brother. But at the moment, someone's got to set him straight, and it's going to be me. All right, man. And after this, where do you go from there? Ah, that's a that's a toughie right there. Yeah. You know, I'd love to see us come back together as a team, but I don't really see it happening. Yeah. So from there on, you know, a nice singles career. Mm-hmm. Try to, as you said, prove those doubters right. wrong about me that I can't make it as a singles wrestler. People seem to forget that, that I started as a singles. I have a year on lightning when it comes to wrestling. Yeah. So like going forward, I'd really like to focus on that focus on my singles career and just see where it takes me. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the very first time I actually saw you wrestle, I've actually seen you wrestle more than I have seen lightning wrestle because my first uh, show you were at that show wrestling. Um, And so, yeah, I, I know that you have that, that singles background in, in what you do. And I do look forward to seeing what happens next with you because, you know, I think you have a lot to offer to the business. I truly appreciate that. So do you have any final thoughts before I get you off of here? Anything that maybe you want to get off of your chest before uh, we say goodbye? You know, one thing is everyone wanted to talk about, and Tony Stone wanted to post on Facebook that Johnny Lightning spent more money on spilt liquor than he's made as a tag team. You know, I also like Ric Flair, sir. So if you're going to steal from somebody, (laughs) maybe not steal that line, but – all jokes aside, Lightning, you're my brother. You always will be. But at this moment in time, we're going we're to face each other opposite sides of the ring for the first time in a long time. I look forward to seeing you there. And to everyone listening to this, October 21st, WFC's 12-year anniversary, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Come on out for a good cause and see the Johnnies beat each other up. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on here. I, you know, I wanted to hear your side of everything because, you know, there's always two sides to a story. And uh, I wanted to make sure that you were able to get your side out there as well. Well, I truly appreciate it, sir. Sir, I really do. Yeah. All right, man. Well, you have a good night. And I look forward to seeing that match on October 21st in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the 12th anniversary show for Wrestling for a Cause, man. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good night. You too.
Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And if you've ever watched a TV show and thought to yourself, oh my god, that season finale plot twist was absolutely bonkers. Or seen a movie and thought, wow, I need to talk to somebody about this train wreck immediately. Then we think you'll fit right in with our podcast, I Hate It, Let's Watch It. We watch TV shows like Riverdale and Emily in Paris. And movies like Deep Water, Killer Sofa, Rubber, and Deadly Illusions. And we give them the total rinse they deserve. It's basically group therapy for movie masochists. So come check us out wherever you stream podcasts. All right, everybody. So I am stoked about this one. I've uh, talked to this guy. I-, I guess it was about a year ago whenever I met him at a show in um, Arkansas. And I'm really excited to have him on. We talked then and we finally got the chance to get him on the podcast today. He is an Oklahoma based wrestler. Uh, I believe he started in about 1999. Uh, he's worked for all kinds of places. The list was super long and he's been a little bit of everywhere, but he's been in WWE. He's worked for Florida championship wrestling, NWA, Oklahoma, uh, ECW when it was on the sci-fi channel and uh, so many other places. And I am very excited to have on Brandon groom tonight, man. How are you doing, man? I'm doing better than I deserve. And and that means awesome. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? I'm doing good. You know, I uh, just been out here uh, getting my notes ready and just enjoying the night. And I'm really excited to have you on to talk to you, man. Heck yeah, me too. And I and thirdly, I'll say I hope each and every person listening is doing good. So that means we all in a good place. But yeah, That's I'm right. excited too. Awesome. So did I get that right? You started in 1999, correct? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I had the first match in 99, trained in 98. And yeah. Okay. So how did you actually get started? Well, I've, I guess, well, let me, let me flip back a few more years than what I was going to say, but you know, about fifth, no, 11 years old, I started, uh, you know, I was going through a little time as a kid and I mm-hmm. got found wrestling latched onto it. So that's really when I started because I said, you know what, I'm going to be a wrestler someday. And even though we were doing stuff and with a little brother or in backyard or whatever, it's, it was starting then, like it was going to happen, you know, but at when my junior year in high school, a local company called OPW, Oklahoma professional wrestling came to our high school and was, uh, going to put on a match and or put on a show, and they used one of our coaches, who's actually my wrestling coach, and I was very close with him anyway. And so that was a perfect end to like, all right. And then my wrestling coach began to wrestle with him afterward full time. So I not only had a company locally to start training with, but even my wrestling coach was also a professional wrestler. So wow. it worked. It, it was just like it fell right into your lap almost. It seems like. Well, I, I believe it was put there. Yeah, it was. I was yeah. blessed with the opportunity right in front of my face, and that was, you know, I'd have probably found a way to do it anyway. Yeah, but it, uh, or that was the plan. But yeah, it was like right there. Right. Yep. Well, I I know. Uh, looking into uh, some of your background and everything, you actually were in all state for wrestling in high school. So you know, th- this is something that has uh, been a passion of yours for quite a while, whether it be collegiate wrestling or you know uh, professional wrestling. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, the you know the collegiate wrestling, it was like you know first match in fifth grade tournament. I felt like I was walking out like Ric Flair and going to wrestle. And I, <laughs> and I wrestled like it. It was what it felt like to me, and and did did decent. But you know what? It really got kind of hard when you get up in junior high or eighth grade and that kind of deal. And right. and then you know even my first years of high school, ninth, tenth, you know was hard. But then 
that wrestling coach uh, that was a professional wrestler right around the time they came, he really took me under his wing and I, it made sense. And when I wasn't even able to really go to state, I ended up getting second and then first in state my junior and senior year uh-huh. and then was an all state wrestler and then even wrestling college. So, oh, wow. it, and that was all driven, all driven by the passion for professional wrestling. Right. And doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I saw you trained under uh, Dory Funk Jr. Didn't you? Yes. Yes. Uh, how did you get uh, uh, mixed up with him and how did you get into that school? Well, you know, I started training there, of course, in, in 98 with the local company. But then mm-hmm. around, you know, what was it, 2001, I was just like, you know, I want to. They had the magazines, the PWI magazines, I think it was, and Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And there was a little uh, advertisement of Dory Funk School and he trained Kurt Angle and all these people. Yeah. Said, you know what? Hey, man, this is like, I can't remember if it was a thousand or two thousand or something like that. It was a lot of money, but I said, you know, why don't we you know, see what this is all about. So I called and I, I did, I think I just sent like a little oh, email or just something. I didn't really expect nothing, but then I get a phone call from Dory Funk Jr. himself. <laughs> oh, wow. That really helped. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> well, how, how tall are you? Or how, how much do you weigh? Oh, I think you can make it. Listen, all right. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he was, he was a good genuine dude. And I oh, yeah. always liked Dory. Um, his wife, you know, hey, she, she helped him run stuff and she, I don't know. Would say the exact same about her, but she's she is cool too. Um, but Dory was was a cool guy, and I but that really helped sell me as him calling me and just just shooting straight and stuff. And uh, right. and then I went ahead and said, Hey, I'm I'm gonna go find a way to get a ticket down there, and went down there and and I was able to train with him, which you know was a week long camp, if you will, and and you could uh course go to several you go to camp every month if you wanted to but it was a lot of the basics but man that's when i learned that you know the basics that we were taught in oklahoma weren't necessarily the basics that not only dory funk but the rest of the well pro pro wrestling world across Mm -hmm. the board doing and so that's when that opened my eyes big time and so i went back to another camp at dory funks and i also met my well first wife there yeah uh groom is that uh you know, more than one wife, I hate to say, but at the same time, first wife, daughter, uh, mother of my daughter met there, uh, okay. summer ring. Yeah. So it was, it was a cool experience and, and that's how I got wrapped up with Dory there. Well, I mean, that's cool. And it had to be one of those for me, if Dory Funk were to call me, I would, you know, probably freak out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I imagine that was a very surreal moment. To have him being like, well, how big a boy are you almost? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, I don't know if some of them questions were just kind of like get you down there, but at the same right. time, he seemed genuine and he, and he you know, yeah, he, uh, he was a, uh, he was a cool guy. I, definitely in person and on the phone. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times that's the way it is. You know, uh, there was a, I've said this on the last few episodes and it just keeps coming back to my mind. Um, I actually almost went to a wrestling school and uh, I, I had the guy reach out to me. He was from California and uh, you know, he had rest, he had uh, trained a few guys who had actually came up and were big and like TNA and places like that. And um, it, he was a uh, trainer off of, uh, do you remember the documentary that came out in the early two thousands? I believe it was, or maybe it's the late nineties and it was called like other side of the mat. And it had like uh, yeah. stories about like Jake the Snake in there, and this was a guy who had his own school in uh, in um, California. 
Well, I, I met him on Twitter and sent him, you know, a headshot and he had like almost like an application for you to fill out. And so I s- filled out the application, sent it to him and he ended up calling me directly, you know, and he was like, I, I liked your answers that you gave, you know, and, uh, needless to say i ended up not going due to other reasons and stuff uh i've been married more than once to myself so uh in my, in my first marriage she didn't want me to get into that and so i didn't and um but yeah that's my little story of almost joining wrestling you know and it was crazy because i didn't expect the guy to call me you know yeah yeah <laughs> no it's uh makes a difference uh you know reaching out and connecting yeah i know i really didn't you know i called off that magazine i didn't expect to actually go down, I was like, I'll, I'll give it a little shot, you know, as far as see what it's about. But yes, yeah, so I didn't think anybody's going to call me back or contact. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> I was expecting. Yeah, it definitely helped in that well, goal. I mean, that started something that ended up being very big for you. Yeah. You oh, know? definitely. I mean, because like I said at the beginning, you've wrestled in places like WWE. You wrestled for NWA Oklahoma. In fact, uh, you were the the heavyweight champion in NWA Oklahoma, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, sure was. Um, so what was that like uh, being a part of that? And uh, what, what was going through your mind whenever that happened? Oh, that was, it was a, uh, a neat experience just being able to, you know, I always knew about the NWA and then you had now these different branches coming along NWA Oklahoma. Right. And uh, that kind of deal. And I, this guy, Chris Fox, running at the time, had some people helping him. But, yeah, it was a – they had some guys and they had some big guys in there and some uh, just people from out of state and, and uh, sometimes some former names and that kind of deal. And it was really an honor to be able to, you know, uh, win the title and, and uh, carry that. And yeah. I was, you know, I, I was trying my best at the time, of course, and, and always have for the most part. But, you know, I was in real good shape and – and uh, this thing is like 24 years old, something like that. And uh, it just, it was, it was, I think, right place, right time, right promotion type right. deal. And uh, I was able to take advantage of that. And I, I think one of the guys from Oklahoma has pointed out that, you know, it was a, I got to wrestle Booker T in 2004. Oh, and he cool. was like, well, that was, that was interesting because Booker T was the U.S. champion for WWE. And then I was the NWA Oklahoma champion. So he's like, hey, he's like <laughs> well, the NWA Oklahoma and the U.S. champion, that kind of deal. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's one guy that I've, I met him in person at uh, the Northwest Arkansas Comic Con um, last year. And, Man, he was probably one of the nicest people that I've ever met in wrestling. Oh, cool. Booker T? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he was horrible to me. I just wanna, I'm just playing. He was cool. <laughs> he, yeah. But no, I was like, I was like, uh, here's, here's, not going into too much detail. It was kind of like, it was kind of like, nah, um, it was like, I saw him backstage because they changed the match. I was supposed to wrestle, I think, Mark Jindrak. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Something like that. And uh, so I was, I was all prepared for that. And then, then all the, uh, well, then, then uh, I think Triple H came down the ring and he was like, hey, uh, actually, they're changing it. You're going to wrestle Booker T. I'm like, all right. And uh, then it was like maybe 30 minutes before um, we actually went out to the ring. I saw Booker T and I'm like, hey, we're wrestling, you know, right? He's like, yeah. Yeah. All right, man. I'll see you out there. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Cool. And uh, it was, it was, it turned out to be a, 
a match and a half. I mean, we didn't go, we didn't go 18 minutes or nothing, but I came back with a bloody lip and Vince McMahon <laughs> actually came up to me after that and was like, Hey, uh, are you, uh, thank you. Uh, are you okay? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you, you did a good job. And I, was, <laughs> I was appreciative of that. And he didn't just say that. And that was the only time he ever said that to me, but oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe wow. it's because the NWA Oklahoma champion. I don't know. But, Maybe yeah, so. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> Fun experience, though. Yeah, I wish the NWA Oklahoma was still around. Yeah, that would be really cool. I, you know, I love watching you know NWA's product and everything like that. But I wish that they did have the the branches like they used to have. So I kind of want to talk about uh, maybe the how many tryouts did you have with WWE before you actually. You know, it'd be kind of hard to count. It was almost like sometimes like two or or at one point like four or five a year. And it was okay. like, you know, going back there for, for matches and, and or tryouts or whatever you can call it. But it's like um, it got up with Summer Rain. The, the woman I married, I was already doing some matches with WWE before that. But then like mm-hmm. when we got together, then it was like a double whammy. We both were able to go back there. And then they were looking at her pretty hard as a female wrestler. Yeah. And me as well. And so it was, and it was almost like, Hey, you guys are good to use for, uh, you know, our, our, um, enhancement matches and, and extra matches. And then, uh, Jerry Lawler was down there and, uh, and caught us backstage like hey you guys are in oklahoma we can uh you'll be willing to drive to memphis on some certain saturdays like yeah sure yeah and uh so jerry lawler started bringing us in um with all the guys he had in memphis okay and then then we you know working wwe shows and just kind of got to be in that whole mix and and uh and uh you know have quite a bit of uh, tryouts around that time just i guess from you'd say from 2000 to 2008 and that's when i Moved down to Florida uh-huh. with Florida Championship Wrestling. Now, I saw something about Florida Championship Wrestling. Were you a co- co-owner at one point for them? No. Um, no, I wasn't. I was just there to, uh, you know, try and, you know, get a job with WWE on TV full-time type I deal. But, you know, uh, got to work with a lot of the guys that, uh, you know, we've seen on there in the last – 13 years or so, Seamus, Dolph Ziggler, Heath Slater, uh-huh. um, you know, even Offa Jr. and Ted DiBiase Jr., the guys that, you know, weren't on there for a long time. But, yeah, uh, uh, Eddie uh, Cologne, uh, Carlos Cologne's kid, and Carlito's yeah. you know, brother. Um, it was it was a neat, neat time. And But the only thing where that could have been confused is in Oklahoma, around 2003, I ran a uh, wrestling show, it was, uh, it was a couple of shows, but ran one in uh, my hometown. It's called Fellowship of Christian Wrestling. That's FCW. That came. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. We tried to do it with the FCA in the school and do a little something with them, and, and that was a neat deal. But I got you. That's where I'm seeing it because I saw FCW uh, co-owner, and I was like, huh, well, I know he worked with Florida Championship Wrestling for a minute. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I also know that you have a um, – background in doing mma fights as well uh how did you end up getting into the octagon man you know what there again from professional wrestling because it was like i trained uh jiu-jitsu even from like 20 years old on and i think my first jiu-jitsu type training was a camp or a seminar that ken shamrock did okay um, 
in Tulsa. So Ken Shamrock's the first one that told me, taught me side control and some of the, and a leg lock and stuff like that. And some stuff mm-hmm. I still used in MMA. But um, from then on, I just, I just kind of trained off and on. As to me, it was like, Hey, this is, uh, we're doing holds here. It's, it's very similar to professional wrestling in a way. So why not keep training that? And, uh, and then it got to a point in 2010 where, yeah, it was after the Florida Championship Wrestling thing. Um, another woman story. It wasn't the same one, but my God, you know, I've, I, I don't know if it's the last name Groom or what, but I've been fine. <laughs> I've had some crazy ordeals going on. I know I'm not the only one, but man, ended up having a gun pulled on me. So oh, geez. I had to tell everybody. I had to go to Steve Kern and Dr. Tom and all them. Dr. Tom told me too, Dr. Tom Pritchard. He was like, man, Brandon, you know, like here, and, you know, we, we wanted to really, you know, push you ahead at, at first but we can see that it's taken it's taking you down and that kind of deal he had that talk with me about a month before i left and uh-huh. then it's not that it's not that i had to leave i was scared for my life honestly with the situation i was in and i and i had yeah. to go i had to tell everybody bye and that was kind of heartbreaking but it was i wouldn't get anywhere anyway in the situation i was in so i had to flee back to oklahoma yeah. and then started uh my training personal training business and then started uh at the gym i was training at started mma training with uh the guys there and i was thinking you know what let me let me see what's up with this mma training to get a better take on what if it helps me in some way in professional wrestling right right so i thought hey let me let me go ahead and step in a cage let me go ahead and uh compete fight in this style and uh-huh. see how a similar and to me to me it was almost exactly the same you know it was it was very 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 close you're walking out there it's a crowd you got a a mat um you know and and mine hey and i love the showboating just even like not you know what i mean work at the crowd show oh yeah posing not just going out there you know uh walk there do your thing and walk back and not really look at anybody even in high school man it was all about gearing up for pro wrestling so I'd, i'd i'd win a match and i'd do a Scott Steiner pose or I'd do a Razor Ramon <laughs> pose, whatever. And I got yeah. some points taken away sometime, but it was cool and it was crowd pleasing. So same thing in MMA. I was able to go out there, work the crowd, even wear some of my wrestling gear and cut a promo, all that kind of stuff. So it was fun until, you know, later on, I had some, some, uh, pretty tough opponents, some that were even on the ultimate fighter and all that stuff. And that got, you know, that wasn't as easy, of course, but it was still it was still character based. I mean, right. all the MMA ones I've done, so that's well, been awesome. I do think it helped in wrestling. Well, you know, and uh, uh, the thing is, is people even said even in USC whenever it first started, you know, the thing that it was missing was people weren't caring about some of these some of these bouts that were going to happen, and so they started letting letting them show their personality and things like that, and so it made it more interesting for some people. You know, people want to see Conor McGregor, you know, get punched in the mouth because he's a loud mouth, you know, and so when they were able to bring in that side of it, it makes the crowd get behind the match, I guess, more you'd say. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That personality and that. Um caring about the bout exactly and how do you care about the bout if you don't care about who's fighting in the bout exactly gotta know about them yep that's what's up you know from from doing some of that in the mma and then then really started getting into uh cutting wrestling promos on facebook and that kind of deal and then that's when this uh-huh. guy dale paul cook at oklahoma and he was a world kickboxing champion 
he puts on MMA fights. He's like, hey, Brandon, I want you to fight this guy, Kanan Grigsby. And he's, man, he's pretty good, but he's a striker. You're a wrestler. I think you could possibly win, you know, if, but if you're willing to try it and even even could do some of your wrestling stuff. And I was like, hey, right on. I'll, I'll do it. It, it was kind of, you know, a little scary. Yeah. I hadn't done MMA in a while or whatever. But, um, yeah, those were some cool fights. Uh, and, but that was all about, I put so much wrestling character in there. I did, like, promos each week about, you know, um, the the bribeless groom coming to find his bride, and it's going to yeah. be victory inside that steel cage. And and you know, hey, look at you! You MMA train way more than me, uh, but I'm MMA training some. And I, but I I've been lifting these weights, and yeah, I know you can't lift this much. Maybe these are fake weights, you know. But maybe they're not. Maybe <laughs> yeah. they're not. You know, yeah. I jacked his head. One guy said, "Man, you won that fight before you even stepped in the cage because you had his head so messed up." <laughs> so I guess the wrestling promos helped win some fights for me. Well, I, I mean, sometimes that's half the battle is just getting into their head. Yeah. Would you say that you prefer to be a heel or a face when it comes to wrestling? Um, depends on my attitude. That's <laughs> uh, um, I think that I like to be a face. Okay. I, I, yeah. You know, I I like heel and, and all that business. And, and I like heel if I need to be. But... Not you know, as an extension of yourself, it's it's you know, yeah, you can go play wrestler, you can be wrestler, and that's what Jerry Briscoe said at or the championship wrestling, and it's right. You know, it has to be an extension of yourself either way. I like to be in good spirits, I like to be uh loving to people. Brandon Groom's all about the power of love. So it's like, you know, with that being said, hey, it's nice to go out there and show the power of love. But sometimes sometimes the crowd likes the other guy better. Sometimes right. they you know, it's a snarky crowd and say, you know what? I'll, I'll bring that side out of me too. So I don't mind doing either, honestly. Well, the, the, I think, so I've seen you wrestle two times in person. Uh, both times were in Arkansas and I, I believe that you were a face both times. Uh, one of them, it was when you faced um, uh, big Joe Helms. And uh, that was whenever he was, I, I believe he was doing a Hill persona in, in this, in this part of Arkansas. And um yeah, I, you come across as a a really good face. You've you've got it down. Thank you. It's a yeah. It's 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 being real, man. I mean, I'm telling you that. The, yeah, it's just it's just being real, and you know, and even in MMA, you got to go out there and be real, man. You got to right. like. I mean, you know, you've really trained. You really want this. Sometimes people be real in a practice, or they be real in their bedroom. They really want it, but when they step out in front of everybody, it's like oh, you're sheltering up or 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 showing up or whatever, but I don't care if it's the wrestling ring or the cage, you got to go out there and be a hundred percent real. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to kind of switch over here a little bit. And I want to talk about, you know, over the years you've had many matches you've had many opponents. And I'd like to talk about, do you have a favorite match? Ooh, um, man, do I have a favorite match? Golly. It's almost like from what era or what year, but oh, man, <laughs> I have a lot. I have, Ooh, so do I have to pick one? No, you can t- you can pick more than one. That's fine. <laughs> oh boy, let me bend the rules. I like it. Um, no, it's <laughs> okay. So I'll tell. I, I got to go back to like two thousand and four, maybe three. I think it was three. I was getting a lot of matches, and so was this guy Brent Albright, okay. Gunner Scott. Is Gunner Scott on WWE for a while? Uh-huh. Uh, he, he wrestled OVW and all that stuff. He was actually pairing up with Benoit. Like Benoit's was his mentor so but then the deal with benoit happened in 2006 and so then yep. that, there went his storyline and they released him and all this kind of stuff but uh but not 
Vinny Valentino, a.k.a. Brent Albright, a.k.a. Gunnar Scott, was an amazing young professional wrestler, a little bit older than me. We had some great matches, and that was a lot with him. We worked out together, and he actually went to APAW or something like that in California to get more training than what he got in Oklahoma, kind of like I did with Dory. But, uh, man, the guy was good. We had a great match for his farewell match when he got signed to WWE and was leaving. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it has to always stay in my memory as one of my best and favorite matches. Um, and then the match with Booker T uh, has to be one of a favorite, short and sweet. But, man, oh, and not only because after that, and I was I was so close to getting on their full-time. They had some budget problems. And doggone it, I wish I would have taken advantage of another opportunity i could have went with wwe but i was like ah oh, i've got this college school thing i'm yeah i'm good i don't know but any that was a great time for me and not only did Vince mcmahon tell me good job after that but i remember big show triple h kurt angle maybe there was another one all walking maybe bob holly or someone walking in a line right after that like right after i got done and they they both said they all said hey good job and all slapped my hand That's and cool. I, I knew that was something that doesn't just happen you know anybody's really back there for themselves in a way, in a way, at least for that night, their match and concentrating on it. So right. I had some really good, really good uh, feedback on that. And that, that has to be one of my favorite matches, um, you know, and then I'll just say, and I know there's been some good ones. Like Sky Spider in Oklahoma, uh, okay. you know, wrestling in other places too. Spider and Cody Burns are some of my favorite uh, wrestlers that I've had matches with in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. Got to mention them in there. There you go. It's all about a tie on those. <laughs> well, it, it that does kind of lead me into my next question of uh, Do you have a favorite opponent? If I ever wrestled favorite opponent, man, I'd say that uh, have to be. You know, I'm gonna say my my protege, uh, a kid I got to train since 15 years old, um, who is on the indie scene and, and doing great right now. Uh, 22 years old, barely Derek uh-huh. James from okay. Bristow, my hometown. Yeah. You know, we've, we trained together for years. Uh, he started right when he was 15. Uh-huh. I, and, you know, we've had a little class, a little youth class trying to teach youth, uh, some wrestling called a wrestling with darkness. And, uh, it was a ministry based type deal, but okay. Derek, you know, it, it kind of faded out though, about nine months or something. And, Derek was the only one that really stuck with it. So I was like, all right, man, I'll meet you up here on you know, Wednesday at four o'clock or during the summer. I, I had a had somebody to train with. He was smaller than me, but he, he wanted to learn. And it was awesome. So now he's bigger than me as far as height-wise anyway. <laughs> you know, and he's getting muscular by the day. But uh, yeah. not. Nah, we have some good – we had a match a couple weeks ago, and it just, it just keeps getting better every time we step in there with each other. So he'd have to be my favorite opponent. Okay. Do you have a memorable feud that you uh, kind of sticks out for you? Oh man, memorable feud. Uh, I think. Oh, you know, I want to say Cody Burns. We've had some knockdown dragons. I want to say Graham Bell. Yeah, yeah, we had a hair versus hair match. Um, and but I've got to say, uh, Brian Dixon, Gavin Dixon. His name was Brian or Gavin Dixon. Uh, I'm not sure if he's even still wrestling. We we had a feud and then we's all good. Now I don't know. We 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 haven't talked in a while. But uh, you know, this guy was in my 
company, Body Progression Wrestling, BPW. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'd wrestled there before, but then started coming in and bringing in guys uh, on his own and starting a faction called Payroll, where, and I think he had a business at the time, I'm not sure, but he would he would have these guys, he'd pay him coming in, and they would come destroy stuff. They would, you know, ruin matches. They would, um, you know, really terrorize the company. And it, it wasn't anything like we'd seen there, and it wasn't anything we were used to, but it did create the drama. It did take us darker so that light could be shown better. It, it, it created a, a bigger heel and heel stable than we've ever had before. And I was the baby face who um, was, you know, finally stood up to, you know, the big battle. And that big battle not only was for the company, but um, one of the kids that started with Derek James, his name was Daniel Scholl. And we called him Daniel the Lion Rose. He had a heart condition that mm-hmm. he couldn't really uh, play sports or anything like that. And his mom let him uh, do wrestling and uh, did great. Long story short, um, after after a while, he, he was a standout at that. Like all the kids, just he stood out. And he got to do a couple of matches. But then the boxing commission was like, oh, we all can't do these. So you're going to have to you know, uh, ah. bigger matches and all this kind of stuff. So anyway, um, we, we were starting to practice for bigger matches and he was just so advanced. It was crazy. I was like, man, I want to take you to William Regal one day. And, uh, <laughs> but one of the practice matches, um, and it turned out Daniel didn't, he was like, I don't feel good. And he got out of the ring and he, uh, um, held his chest and he, and he, and he started shaking, passed out and, and he, and he passed away. Uh, mm. at 15 years old and it was really hard but oh, wow. you know we did we did the show every year uh called heart of the lion uh in honor of him and yeah. at, at the heart of the lion uh that's when uh it was for the lion heart title which is after for him and uh i think dixon had that title and he came out and he was like and i didn't even know and i didn't know like how i was gonna do that and i was in good shape ready to go but i think i might have had a slight injury or something so i was like dang i hope i could do my best on the show for daniel right but i came out there or dixon came out there and he cut a promo in the middle of the show and he said hey you know what i don't care i'm keeping this belt i don't care who this is for and you can you know whatever kid hey he's dead and it don't matter anymore and he, and he took the shoes of the kid we had his wrestling shoes and he kicked him you know all the way across the ring and it was I didn't know what was going to happen. It was called white heat where nobody said anything. Actually, everybody got up and turned their back on him and just didn't say nothing. It wasn't like a boo. You suck. It was like, Oh my God, that's messed up. Oh, and, wow. uh, oh man. You have no idea. And it built some, it built some, uh, oh, anticipation, excitement, and, and definitely, uh, want to see him lose. And later right. that night we had an anything goes match. And we went all over the place, outside the building. Uh, man, back in the ring and at the very end, it was, oh, you asked me my favorite moment. That was my favorite moment because one of the guys that uh, Daniel was also in the class with um, was part of Brian Dixon or Gavin Dixon's payroll stable. And he um, was was kind of having problems with the stable. And, and and earlier that night, Dixon had went out there and yelled at him in front of everybody and pushed him around a little bit, yeah. told him to get back to the back. And then 
uh, right in the end of the match. Dixon had cheated, and somehow the referee was knocked out. I can't remember why, because I think I was knocked out too. <laughs> and, and, then, and then, lo and behold, watch uh, back the tape. I see it all. It's like that guy, Jerry Storm, his name, uh, popped in the ring uh, right as that happened. And, and Dick's like, what the hell are you doing here? Get you back to the, you know, yeah. uh, curtain or whatever. And then all of a sudden, uh, Jerry Storm did Daniel, the Lion Rose's famous move or, or finishing move of the spear. And speared Dixon, uh, who who was having the shoes and dropped him on me. And, and then he was able to pull my arm over Dixon where – the shoes that I had in my hand were actually covering for the three count. And that was the end of the match. And I was the new Lionheart champion. And that man right there was my favorite feud and one of my favorite matches for sure. And moments for sure. Wow. All of it rolled up into one there, man. That, uh, wow. That I, I really, uh, thank you for sharing that. No, you bet. It's not easy to sometime, but it's, it's good to Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of uh, moments that happens in our lives and stuff. And, you know, sometimes it's it's good to be able to uh, get those out there. But like you said, sometimes it's not easy to. Um, I actually did have a a couple listeners send in some uh, questions for you. And I believe you might have already yeah. answered one of these. And it was uh, with what you just said, you know, and they wanted to know what is the most unforgettable crowd react- reaction that you've ever had. Who the unfamiliar crowd reaction? Well, let me go another place that we haven't gone yet. Is I also did some tough man competitions. Okay, <laughs> and you know why? Because to get another little take on wrestling. Well, how, how much is this like? Can it help me in wrestling? So I did, you know, uh, character work in those two. Like I didn't just walk out there and box and raise my hand and go back home. You know, I walked out <laughs> there and I had I was Brandon the Greek groom, and so and I had uh-huh. these flowered shorts on. And I went to a place, I think it was Lawton or somewhere. And I'd won some tough man competitions. You won like $1,000 or something. It was cool. Oh, cool. Uh, threw my shoulder out at one, and I learned how to box better. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to dislocate my shoulder again. And so then I won, you know, a whole tournament thing and got 1000 bucks. And then I went to Lawton to go win another one. And there was a, a young man from Lawton. I think just had a baby and he, you know, he had the crowd there for him and all this kind of stuff. I'll never forget. We had the finals and, uh, I walked out, you know, they had announced him Watton, and, and I walked out and, uh, they all, you know, of course for him. So I was the heel and, and, you know, I knew they weren't going to cheer for me, but I kind of walked out with a little, uh, kind of mad look on my face or just kind of cocky look on my face in a way. <laughs> and I just slowly got up there and I felt like Ric Flair, reaction wise <laughs> as as i just kind of looked up at the corner of this big auditorium of a crowd a big old i can't remember what it was a basketball court or some some big complex we were at and i i started at the corner of the top and i just heard this and i just slowly worked my eyes across that whole crowd with a look like why the are you really booing me kind of look you know in that whole place it sounded like it sounded like i was the top heel on raw oh that's great <laughs> and so, so that man the tough man competition has to be my most i mean it, it comes to mind first when i think about my favorite crowd reaction that's that's a heel that's so, <laughs> yeah. coming from a man who likes to be the face and, and, <laughs> i know right and then and then toward the end toward the end it's like we had such a knockdown drag out and and at the end uh i mean i was a little more tired I actually think i had another match more than he did but yeah no excuse i'm just saying at the end it was also a great reaction as 
uh, ooh, what he he knocked my mouthpiece out of my mouthpiece flipped out and all that. And, uh, you know, it was a toss up, but they gave it to him. And I was so, and I like that. So like I said, it's for professional wrestling for me. Yeah. I like money, but yeah. you know, um, I, I liked that, that the crowd went home happy that they, the hometown guy won. I was the heel, whatever, right. you know, right. cause, cause like I said, man, it's pro wrestling and that one of my, well, not my last MMA fight, but my second to last MMA fight. I, uh, I, I lost. I was kind of in. Yeah, I was. I went on a weird diet. And I was in weird shape. I thought it was good, but I kind of got gassed out. And I was like, you know what? This ain't really uh, working out. I mean, I, I probably I just didn't have my wind. And so I saw a knee coming, and it was not going to hit me anyway. But but got me. And I don't even know if that was that bad. But I took a pretty good wrestling fall on it, and that crowd goes. <laughs> I mean, they were. <laughs> Wow. They were all for him. I was, I was, I was definitely the heel role character there. I was the brightless groom, and I came out in a tuxedo type stuff, and I, you know, cut up promos. I was, I wanted him to boo me. That was my part. But that was another favorite reaction. That was a loss of mine. That the crowd popped. I went, hey man, it's all about the love of the people. People having a good time, and I don't care if it's at my expense. I, right. You know, I'm the heel. That was my favorite crowd reaction. Also, you have a Facebook page. And you've mentioned this name a couple times um, on the show already, and that's Brideless Groom. How long did you toy with that before you actually pulled the trigger and started using that? Because I know it's a play off of your last name being Groom. Somewhat, yes, it is. Um, but playing with it, I think it, it, you know, like I said, the more real, the better. And right. I, you know, man, it was really, I, I really loved, really connected. I mean, it was a, uh, boy, if I'd had just more wisdom, that kind of stuff. You know, my daughter's mom, Summer Rain, was a wrestler, and I mean, it was mm-hmm. we had a great marriage a lot up until you know times we moved to Florida, moved in with her parents. I I say that's the that's one the I don't know about the first, but like this the uh, a huge decision at the time I made without praying about it. So I got if you. that does you yeah. anything, six yeah. months later we were divorced and separated, which I thought we'd never be. It was just kind of a roller coaster of ups and downs and heartbreaks and this and that, whether it's me breaking someone's heart or they're breaking mine or whatever. And yeah. then like at 34 or 35 years old, I think that's around 2014 or 15, I was engaged to this girl and, you know, man, I was just, you know, uh, I don't know if it was in lust or love, but or maybe a little <laughs> both, but you know, it was pretty, pretty wound up for pretty wound up there. And, yeah. uh, and it didn't work out and then it, you know, broke my heart and I was just kind of like, man, this, this deal, you know what? I'm the, I'm the, and we were engaged. I was like, yeah, I'm the brideless, I'm the brideless groom, you know? And, wow. and so I just kind of ran with that. And I was like, it was a play and it was a kind of a way to help me deal with stuff. Yeah. And uh, a play on, you know, just that whole, what was going last on? Name, last yeah. name mixed with what was going on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, talk about using your pain to, you know, make something out of it. You know, uh, a lot of times the best gimmicks, and storylines are what are actually going on with people. And, uh, you know, you used what was going on with you along with what you had to make something out of it, you know, and that's more than some people do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, and, and that's not always possible, so, you know, or, right. um, you know, I don't know, or people may not have something real going on that's, uh, you know, able to be used as a gimmick and all that. But, uh, um yeah i was lucky to have that uh situation and last name and all that kind of stuff 
nah, definitely. Because, like I said, man, you you kind of get one life, one less wrestling career, or whatever. And it's you know, depending on how many years. And yeah, and uh, I'm glad to be able to fill some of those with the Bradless groom. So now you have your own promotion that you're running, uh, BPW. And um, how did you get into that? Well, there again, started running the wrestling with FCW, Fellowship Christian Wrestling, 2003. Then uh-huh. ran like a couple more, 2005 and six. And then, uh, you know, when I came back from FCW and all that, I was wrestling for the people and all that stuff. But I thought, you know, I wonder, I, I got a gym in 2010 and it was a big space, big, kind of a double downtown building in Bristow, small town. Uh-huh. I was like, wow, as a stage, I mean, we could, could we, put, we could put a ring right here. So actually, and it was just manifested really as, as like, uh, you know, want to put a ring, didn't have a ring or nothing, but I, there was a boxing coach in town that had a ring and he said, well, yeah, I can, uh, I kind of wanted to move out of this place anyway. And I said, well, why don't you move in with me and can we turn your boxing ring into a wrestling ring? And so we was able to do that. And then he ended up moving on, but just saying, Hey, I'm going to build me another little small ring. You can keep that ring. And, and we worked out some kind of deal and, and that's how I got a ring in the gym. And then that's why I was like, you know what, let's start a wrestling company, you know, hence take my first name. I mean, my real name, I've used all my wrestling career kind yeah. of shows you I'm I mean, I got some creative skills in me, but I'm not the best at coming up with names. So it's just like, well, what does it matter? I guess, which is name of my gym, Body Progression. I said, I guess we'll call it Body Progression Wrestling. You know, so it um, works, man. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's still called that. But so I guess it might stay that for a while. But that's kind of that sort of happened. And, and you know, it was nice to have a ring already set up. You know, the place to do it. And it's like, let's run a show. Uh, they've been been pretty pretty cool over the years you know we're, we're yeah. a little slump right now just with regularity the wrestlers are all over the place it's kind of hard this day and age to get the wrestlers to commit or like hey are y'all available on this date like, well i'll get back to you do you not have a calendar i mean can you tell me <laughs> the date? i mean i don't know man i'm just almost getting fed up with it and i'm getting more excited about wrestling for other people so right uh but but i do think that bpw body progression wrestling you know, not only has been a, a force in the Oklahoma indie wrestling world, but I plan to keep promoting. And, you know, I'm 43 and I feel like I got a lot of wrestling years left. You got a lot um, left, man. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know that I'll, I feel like I got a lot of life left too. And I don't know that I'll ever get out of the wrestling business. And so after the wrestling's done, I mean, I'm probably still going to be promoting, but I plan to promote pretty darn hard. So, yeah, I don't know where that will go. There, there is so much wrestling in Oklahoma. Um, I had last week, um, the guy who is starting up Overdriver LLC, which is an app to kind of, uh, put promoters and wrestlers and fans, you know, kind of in the same, um, app to where, you know, if you need a wrestler, uh, you can go on this app and find ones that'll be in your area. If you're a promoter, or if you're a wrestler and you need to find a promotion, you can do it there. Or if you are a fan and you want to buy a ticket to a show, you can do it on there. You know, it's all these different things, you know, and Oklahoma has a large plethora of wrestling there. And, you know, I, I having something like that will actually be a good thing, you know, because even with what I'm doing, uh, half the time when I ask somebody, the reason, if you didn't notice, I probably bugged you quite a bit about having you on the show. You know, I was texting you every once in a while saying, hey, we still good? Uh, and it's because, like you said, you know, if uh, – 
they don't always show up. You know, I've had plenty of people who I've, you know, scheduled something with and then they are not able to make it because something came up or they forgot and they had to, they scheduled something at that time as well. So, you know, uh, I, I believe that maybe this, this app will help a lot when it comes to that, but yes, I, I get where you're coming from and there can be frustrations when it comes to dealing with people and their schedules. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> and you know, I, I got this guy, Dane Dodger, he's a buddy of mine and he's actually uh, started wrestling around the same time I did uh-huh. uh, maybe a year or two later. I, I gave him some booking responsibility and that kind of deal. And, and you know, because I just couldn't handle it, running the gym and the training right, and all this kind of stuff. So, anyway, um, we're actually both out in the first match on um, – we were teaming together. And it was on the first match of the show, one of our last shows. And I look around, and they go, ding, ding, ding. And I was like, hey, where's the referee? Well, he's supposed to be here. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> You know, and so I have to say, hold up, ring announcer, oh, no. I'm just sick of that kind of crap. <laughs> oh, you know, no. that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just all over the place. And it's like, I've actually, I don't know, man, I, I don't want to say stuff till it actually happens, but I'm right. working with a guy overseas and I'm, he is working on getting over here and the the management and the teamwork. Uh, I think that's what we've been lacking and yeah. it's not my strong suit, but that's where we, we at least identify it and we're heading that way. So I think, I think we might see some good stuff coming up. Like you said, you've identified it and you know, that's, that's the first step is identifying what the issue is and then working towards fixing that and stuff. So, you know, you're, that's a healthy way of doing it and you're going in the right direction. I appreciate that. That's the direction I want to go. Exactly. Yeah. So do you have any hobbies? Wrestling? No, it's fine. That's a way of life, man. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> a little more than a hobby now, huh? Yeah. Um, I, I like to play guitar. Okay. Um, what kind um, of music? Mm, man, I love gospel music, man. That's my gospel. favorite Gospel, okay. I can't, I can't lie, dude. I'd be lying to say anything else. But, I mean, other than that, 90s. I like okay. to play, you know, play some Pearl Jam, Four Non Blondes. There you go. Gaither vocal band, you know, with the gospel. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> Southern gospel. Just, yeah, Southern Gospel. That's my stuff, right? That's there. what I was raised I, on, man. I think they play that music in heaven. I don't know, but I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's I like to play. You know, I, and what's cool about guitars, you can play almost anything. It's it's. I think it's one of the easiest instruments to play. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like that as a hobby. Um, working out, of course, that kind of pertains to wrestling and another job. But oh man, any other hobbies? Um, no. Yeah, I guess I guess to really call something a hobby. Uh, I don't know. I could start saying a lot of other things, but but yeah, I think guitar might be the only. Do you sing with your guitar? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I mean, mediocre, but yeah, I'll sing. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, good days sometimes, but yeah, I would. You know, uh, I like yeah. singing harmony the best. There you go. Yeah. Well, and I, for me, okay, like I said, I was raised on Southern gospel music, so. uh I can play that stuff. I, you know, I, I was raised on a church bench. My dad's a pastor. And oh, yeah. uh, so, you know, I, I was raised playing the drums and then I moved over to the bass guitar and yeah, Southern gospel, man, that's uh that, that that's right in my wheelhouse when it comes to music. Man, brother, you, we have to we have to play and sing sometime. Oh uh, yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Where's my guitar, man. It's out in the country right now. <laughs> <laughs> if I had it, we'd get it going right now. Maybe oh, like yeah. It. 
we just changed this whole episode over. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you. Uh, oh, you know, actually in 2000, what was it? I was traveling with Manny Fernandez. And then, and that was like around, oh, God. I met Manny Fernandez, I think, in 2013. We had a match in Arkansas. Uh-huh. And then uh, afterward, he was like, you know what? I'm going to take you to California and we'll, we'll work some matches. And I, I was just like, okay, we'll, we'll see if that happens. But, you know, <laughs> he did. He called me the next week. You ready to go to California? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> and so we went not only to California every month, but everywhere else. And I think, and Manny was cool, man. He, he wanted to help me out. He, I think it also helped him out having someone to ride with, of course, and yeah. all that. And he, and he retrained me in a way, which thank God, because I, I just loved it. And Manny, you know, even guys at WWE would say is one of the best trainers and all that deal. Yeah. Um, but one of the, we were going to all kinds of WWE. So I had a big WWE uh, a lot of matches and stuff around the early 2000s and all that. But then uh-huh. probably just as much, if not more, around 2014 or 13, 14, maybe 15 with Manny. And uh, we started doing a character that was guitar playing. And Brooklyn Brawler, Matt Stryker, William Regal, they loved it, man. And it was just darn near. I even went, <laughs> they even flew me down to Florida for a three-day tryout. And I used a guitar deal and, I think Jerry Briscoe and Regal were for me, but I don't think the rest of the uh, <laughs> old scouts or whatever wanted to use it. But, right. you know, of course, years later, they have Elias come out. Exactly, yeah. That, but, <laughs> but no, I loved to play the guitar with, uh, I'd, I'd make up songs about, you know, uh, Wade Barrett that I'd wrestled the week before and and it was like to the to the tune of friends in low places or something and so oh, that's it cool. was a lot of fun doing that man it was a lot of fun but oh yeah, yeah that's kind of when i used the guitar the hobby of the guitar or music in wrestling well you've but, you've got to make it fun you know while you're yeah. in there at the same time as being a professional and you still have to have fun and enjoy what you're doing yeah and another thing is uh, you know, there again, reality being some of the best stuff in wrestling. So I've right. come out to some Southern gospel music before. I've, Have uh, you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It started <laughs> being a heel. Now I started being a heel. I'd come out in this black vest with the crosses on. Yeah. And, uh, it's just a groom on the back. And I'd walk out. And uh, um, what happened, there was a guy, Pastor Brent. And he he didn't even wrestle as a pastor. I was like, dude, be yourself, man. Come on, real is better. Be yeah. Pastor Brent, man. Yeah. You're a pastor, right? All right, I guess. So I had him, and he would come out, and somehow we got wrapped up where I was a heel, and he was a face, and he'd try to help me, but then I'd screw him over or something like that. and Or I'd say, hey, man, let's shake hands before this match. And I'd kick him and win or whatever. Oh, no. And, and, but then we started coming out as a team, almost like he was trying to, like, help me or save me or mentor yeah. me yeah. and then i was the heel uh but i'd come out with crosses and to uh this song give up and let jesus take over oh give up he's like <laughs> oh you heard that one but, <laughs> i know uh, that I one, yeah that. yeah it was good i love that song too <laughs> those kind of songs oh man i would hear them and i'd be like what's this and i'd laugh at it a little bit i'd what, listen again then i'd listen to it 20 more times fall in love with it it's like i'm coming out to that song oh, that's and great. so came out of that one and then uh me and pastor brent he, he he finally saved my soul turned me into a good guy uh baby face and uh and then we came out to uh sweetest song i know um yeah Amazing oh. Grace, how sweet the sound is the sweetest song I know. Okay. You know, I love that song. And I that's still, cool. that's still my favorite song. But we came out to that and, you know, 
and I didn't know. I was like, you know what? I don't care. Everybody thinks the door. I don't. I mean, it's. Oh, yeah, I feel it. You know? Yeah, like you said, you you're you're having a good time, and it was real. You know, and yeah, yeah, and that's the when you have fun with it, it makes it all the more worth it too. I think. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, you you're bringing realism, real energy, and people can feel energy. Yes. You know, we need to do. I think I feel like everybody in their, you know, like you're doing right now with the, the Give a Dad a podcast within mm-hmm. wrestling and being a plumber being doing whatever school teacher you man bring a higher level bring bring that real energy and uh people can feel that no matter what you're doing so you know work at a high frequency nothing wrong with that so do you have any goals uh for the uh, for the near future that you have set and i do it is to wrestle the best i've ever wrestled in this next five years um, I've had some great matches. I've been in great shape. I've been able to been blessed with great opportunities. Um, but now it's like, Hey, you got all this knowledge, yeah. 23, yeah. four years. And then now you're, you're, I'm 43 years old, but I've got, I'm, I feel great. I feel in some of the, probably the best well-rounded shape ever been in. Yeah. Um, I may not squat the most or whatever, but in the best well-rounded shape. And so with all that, it's like, Hey, why not do our best and be the best we can be? Um, not just for me, but for the, for, you know, the love of the people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and why we're here. So that's one of my goals. And then another goal is to take BPW and do smart things with it. It's hard running wrestling shows and it's real easy to lose money in yeah. wrestling shows, yeah. but it's nice when you have uh, uh, the right, right setting or, or someone's, paying you to come be in and part of their event to put on a show. And, and right. we have, I feel like, man, in Oklahoma, we have some of the best mindset or quality available. Yes. It's just getting to the right place to show that. So right. that's what, that's the goal. If that makes any sense, that's, that's what we're, uh, a couple of things I'm after as far as wrestling and goals. Definitely. You know, uh, I a hundred percent understand that. Uh, I've, I've recently started working with a wrestling company here in Arkansas and, uh, that's kind of the, the mindset, you know, is leave it better than you found it, you know, and do the best you can. So we've got all kinds of different people who are coming in and bringing what they can to the table to make it a better product. Hmm. That's yeah, that's good. Leave it better than you found it. That's make it a better product right on, man. What wrestling company again in Arkansas? Um, actually, I'm working with uh, Diamond State Wrestling. Diamond State Wrestling, cool. Yeah, they're in Springdale, Arkansas. Uh, who's the promoter again? Uh, Xander Gold. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Mm. Well, I just talked to him the other day, and I, there again, wrestling as much as I can. I, I just can tell and have heard he puts on a really good quality show. Uh, or there's a lot of quality people there. Yeah. Heck, you're there. If nothing else, that says something. So, uh, <laughs> um, I'm planning to make my bride with self way down there. Uh, maybe in the spring, maybe in the winter, we're going to see, but you might see me up there at the diamond state wrestling. Oh, that'd be long. great. Yeah I'd, yeah. I'd love to see you there. Uh, maybe yeah. I can get a backstage interview with you or something. Oh yeah. Maybe I can get one with you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Would be great. You never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll have to charge extra for the tickets, but exactly. (laughs) So I have a few more questions for you. I have one more, uh, that's from a listener. Um, 
they wanted to know what is the biggest name that you've ever uh, been in the ring with? The biggest what? The biggest name that you've ever been in the ring with. In big in the ring with. Uh, well, I would say John Cena. <laughs> oh, okay. In front of the, uh, in front of well, and I was about to say well, but it wasn't in front of the crowd. It was when he came to FCW, and he was he gave us all a talk, and he worked out with some of us, and then, um, you know, I, I was I got tagged in and and uh, wrestled around with Cena for a minute. That's and, cool. But I can say that well on Raw, I was also a security guard at one point, and. I don't know if it was for Eric Bischoff or maybe not Bischoff, but anyway, we we threw John Cena out of the building, and I was right up next to him, you know, had him by the ear or something. I don't know, <laughs> like in a chicken wing or I don't know, but me, his face and my face right up next to each other on the TV, which was cool. That's but, cool. You know, I guess it's not a wrestling match. We weren't in the ring, but he he, bumped, he hit us in the ring. We went there and tried to get him and knocked <laughs> us down. If that counts, I would say John Cena. Okay. Um, if not, probably the biggest name be Booker T or Matt Hardy. Okay. Uh, yeah, I saw that you had actually wrestled. Oh, Jeff uh, Jarrett. Jeff, Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett. Okay. That's a big yeah. one, you know, especially if you're uh, from, you know, Tennessee area. Yeah. So, okay. Um, another question that I have here is what kind of advice would you have for somebody who is just starting out? In wrestling? Uh-huh. Um. Advice I would have for just starting out in wrestling is to go uh, go somewhere if possible. Go somewhere to somebody that can train you the right way from the start. Uh-huh. I wish I would have done that. It was it was awesome, you know, and, and maybe I couldn't have, you know, junior year and you got some a place in Tulsa. So that's cool, but you know, it really sucked whenever. I mean, it, I would have liked it better if I'd have went to WWE the first time and they didn't say, well, that's not really how we do an arm drag or, oh, well, grab the wrist like this. Right. Now, it's like it, there is a universal way or a standard way that the pros from back in the 50s and 60s, Dick Murdoch down to Manny Fernandez down to all these guys, you know, there, there's yeah. a way and there's psychology and there's things that make sense that they all are a community about in a sense. But the guys sometimes that, oh, I'm going to start up a promotion in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or I'm going to go do something in Tahlequah or whatever. Oh, I got a training school. We can train you to be a wrestler for this much. And that ain't always going to get you somewhere. Or it might, you know, especially if you want to go somewhere. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. So I, I would say, yeah, I'd say go to a Dory Funk school or whatever, or go to a this or that, or at least get your basics there, you know. And yeah. then you can go polish up other places. But, yeah, go learn how to do the basics, which are the foundation, right? You can't yeah. have your beautiful house without the concrete below. So right. Go get get your foundation from somebody that really knows foundation. Then you can go learn to jump off the top rope from about anybody. But, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's right. what I'd say is like a thing. That's what I'd have done different if I could do something different. All right. So is there anything coming up that maybe you want to talk about? Yes. The month of October. It's going to mm-hmm. be great. Um, it's a new day, new month, uh, and you know, wrestling season, as I call it, is fixing to pick up with um, a lot of things happen in the winter, you know, and then you got the spring coming up. And as far as something coming up, I can't wait to not only get back to Arkansas, but some of these places in Oklahoma. They're going to be having matches, and I just am ready to do the best, man. I, can't, I guess to really send this answer up, I feel like I'm starting to go all over the place with this answer, but it's really just to have the best matches I've ever had. And I'm talking about, you know, I've been 23, 24 years, and, you know, there's been matches with 
Booker T and all that kind of stuff, Brent Albright, whoever. Yeah. I'm ready to have the best matches. I, I'm ready to serve the crowd with entertainment. It, you know, before you know, you figure out stuff, you figure out why you're doing stuff, or or maybe it changes over time. Well, and you know, at a time it was it was at least halfway or mostly for me and all this kind of stuff. Now, now I know more who Brandon Groom is. I know what he's about more. I know what he's about to the people, and that is love it's, it's yeah. spreading love to the people and so with that that's love is the most powerful thing you know that love is is uh and i think one of the most powerful if not the most powerful forces on earth and and not worrying about oh if i make it or how what what about me or anything like that no it's about hey let's go take this love and let's go give it to whoever shows up in that crowd and that man i'm telling you what that puts power behind an individual that's willing to uh, do that and I can feel that power it coming from me and coming uh, from me in the future right. to anybody that works wrestler and and like I like to say that's the power of Brandon Groom there you go Always. so I'm excited about that I know it's a big vague answer but yeah man <laughs> can catch me at the next match or anything like that and that's what I'm excited about all right and if people want to follow you online how can they do that Brandon Groom on Facebook I also have a brideless groom um groom brandon on instagram and um shoot if anybody wants to uh rent a ring a steel cage a sound system or a light system or want a, a wrestler like myself or even other wrestlers or a show a birthday party whatever and they can contact me social media or call my phone number it's, uh, <laughs> I don't, so you know <laughs> i'm getting some yeah i'm good all right man well uh i'm about to get you off of here and everything and uh do you have any final thoughts and i think just the last final thought what i like to end a lot of things with is something i saw you know from when i was a kid you know i loved hulk hogan it's my favorite yep. i loved him because he, he he wore the cross pointed up to the sky and, and to me he was a christian wrestler and i actually got to tell him that in 2005 and he kind of yeah. looked and thought and i think he was even going through some stuff then and and it and it I, I was glad to be able to share that and i hadn't seen it in a while but then he went out there to challenge austin for a promo for a match they never had it was at raw and yeah. i i remember it was backstage at raw we got to talk to him and um, i remember he walked out and pointed up and i hadn't seen him doing that in a while and i just you know he was my favorite he encouraged me a lot as a young man yeah. And then Andy Savage, I loved the macho man, Randy Savage. I loved when he got um, married with, to Elizabeth. And that might have inspired some of the brightless groom deal, too, subconsciously, at least. <laughs> but then another one that was right up there with Macho Man, you know, which was right underneath Hulk Hogan, was the ultimate warrior. Yeah. And, you know, I feel the power of the warrior. We used to make the <laughs> talks and all that. But one thing he... Uh, I saw, and I, I think he might have used it more than I saw, but I didn't see it that much. But on one of his magazine articles, he wrote something at the end. He uh, put, always believe, warrior. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Always believe. So I've adopted that as my thing. And I felt like it was it was dual because it, I didn't see it that mainstream over um, you know, other places and all that stuff. So anyway, that deal always believe can uh mean a lot of things and when you take that and put it into uh 
the wrestling or life or anything else you're trying to do. Um, you don't always have all the answers. I don't, you know, I can say I'm gonna go have the best match, but man, there's, there's certainty. I'm gonna do it. And there's uncertainty. I don't know what's going to happen or what, what's going to line up or not, but yeah. I can always believe right. I can't always believe and give a hundred percent and, and, uh, always believe in, in the power of love, you know, and, 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 uh, that, that it's not always up to me, but what I can do is go out there and give everything I got, seek that higher level and know that that higher level is going to seek me back. And then that's part of always believing. I think that's not a way for wrestling, but everything you can do. And right. so that, that's what I'd love to leave. Not only this podcast, not only my wrestling matches with, but when I leave this world, uh, I hope they get that from me in my life. Yeah. All right, man. Well, it has been great talking to you tonight. I've really enjoyed this. I've been looking man. forward to it for quite a while, and that, oh, same been here. a great time, man. Dude, I'm so glad you do this, and and shoot, uh, it's it's awesome for blessing to me and other wrestling fans. You keep it up, please. Right. Hey, you're the man. Always believe. I appreciate that, and maybe we can get you back on here again, and we can maybe we can talk a little gospel or something. Sure. <laughs> All Good. right, man. Well, you have a great night. You too, brother. Welcome to the Avenue Podcast Network. Here, you will find your next favorite podcast, along with a unique variety of other great podcasts from locals to around the world. We are constantly evolving and inquiring to meet the wants of our podcast listeners. We invite you to visit us at avenuepodcast.net and share. If you would like to know more about starting your own podcast or would like to join our network, you may inquire at our website. That address again is avenuepodcast.net. Expect great things on the avenue. Hey, avid podcast listener, come on over to the Zero Hero podcast to listen to Billy and Jimmy, myself, talk about all kinds of things from the Nerdverse, Power Rangers, Gundams, anime, random TV shows, diseases, economic turmoil, and how to scam people on crypto. This is Mark, the Red Cornish Ranger, and one of the Three Range Bros Studios, along with Ty Tiger with Tiger Tales on YouTube. Cosby Dude 637 with Storytime and Universe 19, and my podcast, Nerds Through Comics. Also, check out the Zeo to Hero Network with Zeo to Hero, hosted by Billy and Jim, the Balkan Scholar Podcast, Ben the Baker Ranger with Baker Ranger Movie Talks, plus the partners of Zeo to Hero. You can check them all out on TikTok and Instagram. All right, everybody, I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Johnny Dynamite and Brandon Groom. They were both wonderful guests to have on. I look forward to seeing what happens in this match between Johnny Lightning and Johnny Dynamite, and I'm glad that I was able to have him on to tell his side of everything. And I'm also glad that I was able to have on Brandon Groom to kind of tell his story about being in wrestling and all the different things that he's done and some of the uh, cool places that he's been and all the great stories that he told us in this episode. I look forward to having both of them back on the show. Uh, in fact, uh, I have already talked to Johnny Dynamite maybe about coming back on the show. 
and maybe having a little bit of a lighter note, you know, talking to just him directly. So just be on the lookout for, you know, some of those episodes. I've got some really good ones that are coming up. Um, If all goes according to plan, next week's episode is going to be really cool, especially for all of my anime fans. So come back next week, and maybe we'll have a really cool treat for you guys if uh, you like anime. So I'd like to give a shout-out to my podcast networks, the OIW Podcast Network, the Avenue Podcast Network, and the Zeo to Hero Podcast Network. Uh, I love being a part of all of these places. They bring all different kinds of great podcasts to the mix, you know. You've got all kinds of different things, so make sure that you go out there and you follow each and every one of them. They have all kinds of great different stuff, and when you're waiting on a new episode to drop of iGetApp, go out there, listen to some of their stuff. They've got really good things. So, as you know, I have merch, I have shirts, I have stickers. I actually have a new design that I'm coming out with for uh, a t-shirt, so make sure that you look that up whenever it comes out and uh, get your merch from me. My wife actually makes all of this stuff for me. She is also the one who makes um, my stuff when it comes to Diamond State, whenever I'm working with them. Uh, she's made the Vatos Cana Loco, their uh, shirt that you see for sale at the Diamond State shows. Uh, she makes all kinds of great stuff. She's actually doing some of the other shirts and stuff for Diamond State Wrestling, including maybe some of the stuff that you might see for some of the other wrestlers as well. So go and hit her up for any of your custom needs. She makes hats. She makes um, shirts, stickers, all kinds of great stickers. You know, she comes up with new designs all the time. So make sure that you go out there and give her some love. And, you know, come buy one of my shirts from me. Uh, I've got the... OG one still available, and I've got a new one coming out soon. I've got two different types of stickers that are out, and I've got all different other kinds of stuff that I can make as well. Coffee mugs, you name it. If you want it, we can get it made. So I want to give a shout-out to D-Cure for making my ending theme song for me. Thank you for doing that, man. I really appreciate it. It is probably one of the coolest things I've ever had is my own ending theme song that somebody created for me. And if you like that music that you hear at the end of the show, when I tell you guys that I love you, then uh, go out there and follow D-Cure. He's all the time coming out with new music. I believe he just came out with a new album in the last week or so. So make sure that you follow him and everything that he does. So some of you might have seen that I put a post out there about waiting for a new variant of the Paladin comic book. I now have two variant covers for that And it's so cool to see. And uh, I want to just say thank you to Original Geek Comics for allowing me to be a part of that. They gave me a full page in there just to advertise for this podcast. And I really appreciate them uh, allowing me to do that and be a part of it. And uh, I can't wait to see what happens next. These comics are great. There is so much great storylines and the artwork is amazing so make sure that you go out there and you follow original geeks they've got all kinds of great stuff that's coming up so stay tuned for them as well also you heard me talking about diamond state wrestling and that i my wife makes shirts for me for what i do with diamond state wrestling well i am a backstage correspondent as well as i run the uh, pre-show called the rare cut Um, with uh, Jamie Rose. We do a show that kind of hypes up everything that's going on in Diamond State Wrestling and gets you up to date with everything that's going on. If you want to know what's going on in a storyline or who's going to be facing who in the next show, make sure that you follow me uh, on 
line so you can keep up for when that comes out or go and follow Diamond State Wrestling on their YouTube page and there is new episodes of the Rare Cut that come out every Thursday at 2 o'clock. Um, I love working with them. You heard me and uh, Brandon Groom talk about Diamond State Wrestling a little bit. It's a great place to be and I am so thankful and excited to be a part of what they have going on there. So you hear me talking about social media, and uh, if you guys want to follow me online, you can do so by going to pretty much any social media and just look up if you give a data podcast or look up iGadap. I'm pretty sure you can find me with using either one of those. Uh, hit me up, follow me on there. That way you can stay up to date with everything that's going on. I put all my announcements out for new shows that are coming out on there. So yeah, just make sure that you're following me on there. Also, if you want to send me an email, send it to giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you. So as you're listening to this, make sure that you rate and review this episode. Let me know what you think of it. Um, Give me a five-star review. That way more people will see this show and will maybe come along for the ride and listen to some of these episodes that I have out there. If you like it, make sure that you let people know about it. Also, like, share, and subscribe to it as well if you're not already. And hit the notification bell. That way you get notified when a new episode of iGadap is available. So, we have come to the end of another episode. And it is time for Billy's favorite part of the episode. And that is Dad Joke of the Week. (laughs) What would bears be without bees? Ears. (laughs) All right, everybody. I love you guys. I hope that you have a wonderful week, and I will see you next time. Podcasting Network.